Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 14. I'm uh, host Val, and uh, we have a guest uh, co-host today in TJ. Hello, everyone. Uh, TJ, welcome aboard here, episode number 14. This is kind of an awesome time. I guess it's a good time, bad time, right? So uh, the season's wrapping up, but uh, we just have come off of Homestead. We have all our winners for the 2019 season. Sure, you watched the races? Yes, I saw the last 100 laps of all three races this weekend. I didn't see the beginning of them, but I <laughs> did catch up on my what I missed. Yeah, I um, was watching them as well. And, um, you know, the truck race, I thought it was going to be um, uh, one of the other guys uh, or have a new winner. And But Matt Crafton seemed to pull it out there. That's what veterans like to do. They sneak in like that. The truck race was a little uncharacteristic, though. It wasn't as competitive as it's always been. But um, that goes goes to show that consistency always pays off. Yeah, with that win, uh, that championship, he's got three truck championships, uh, 2013, 2014, and now 2019. So he's there tied with Jack Sprague. Uh, and then one behind Ron Hornaday, Jr., who uh, is in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So I think I had talked before. I don't know if you caught the episode, but Crafton's been around a while, and uh, he's got cards, I think, back to 2000 or 2001. So. Yeah, and he's here to stay for a little bit. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Thor Sports kind of locked up on their driver lineups for a little while. Yeah, he um, he appeared in 2001 press pass, and yeah, he, he's been around a while, and uh, he's found his niche. Let's say that in the truck series, so that's uh, that was really cool. And then um, Tyler Reddick was a repeat winner in the Xfinity series. That it was. And, that was uh, actually a very predictable race, honestly. Uh, everyone had him favored it going into that race. Christopher Bell was my personal pick for that event but he had a lot of uh, miscues and a couple of driver errors in that race. I thought Christopher Bell was going to win that one as as well. Uh, but, yeah, when I saw that he missed uh, Pitt Road when they were trying to kind of surprise everybody and, and pit first um, and missed it, I guess that was indicative to the, the rest of the race. So, um, And then I think also Justin Allgaier uh, went out. So it was, uh, it was all Reddick, which was interesting because he was a repeat winner, but, I said that goes to show there's talent behind the wheel with that kid. Yeah, last year when he won, I thought maybe it was his crew chief. I, if I remember right, they pulled him in early to pit, and it caught everybody by surprise, and he ended up going on and winning. I think the other two crew chiefs in Cole Custer's and Christopher Bell's were caught off guard, and they stayed out a little bit. Uh, Tyler Reddick was with uh, Junior Motorsports, and I thought it was interesting that you know, he was being let go even, you know, he was in the midst of winning the championship. So, I, to your point, I, you know, I thought, well, maybe it was the crew chief or there was something else going on. But this year uh, with Richard Childress Racing, uh, he showed he, he's, he's no joke. No, he's right. He's cut material. That, he, he deserved the ride from uh, the eight car. But um, the other end of it, Hemrick, he's uh, downgraded a little bit. He's going to junior motorsports in the eight for uh, next year for 20 races. Yeah, which I thought was surprising since Daniel Hemrick won Rookie of the Year. That it is, but uh, Daniel Hemrick, I watched him win at my local track on a legend car um, his first ever time there. He's just a racer at heart. He just wants to race, honestly. Yeah, so I don't know if 
um, he just wasn't in the right position or the team didn't gel. It only having really one year and then kind of being booted, I was surprised about that. But everybody's you know, talking about him being a racer and he will find the spot in the Cup Series. Yeah, well, next, this year coming up, they'll prove that statistic right there. But he's just out there to race. He's David Reagan. He's another one. Since he just retired this year, he was out there to race, and now he's got a family to worry about. Right. And uh, we'll cover uh, Tyler Reddick's cards um, in another segment. And that leaves the Monster Energy Cup race at Homestead with Kyle Busch pulling off the win, or I should say, not making any mistakes. I don't know how you want to talk about this one, but uh, watching it, I thought Martin Truex was was going to win, but I had never seen this happen before. But pit crew put the tires on the wrong side. They had to come in and pit, so basically he was a lap down, and so he, that's a pretty big hole to come out of. Oh, and yes, then, and there's a lot of pressure in this race, and that was probably just a miscue on someone's end, but it did cost the championship. Truex is from my hometown. He raced at my home track, so I was pulling for him, but he did have the best long-run car. Kevin Harvick in that race had the best short-run car. Denny Hammond was a little bit in the middle, and Kyle Busch was pretty neutral. This wasn't a typical Kyle Busch race. He um, had no mistakes at all. Usually he's good for a speeding penalty and will rebound back, and usually good for one of them Radio Sweetheart episodes, but he did very well in this race, and it proved that he is championship-worthy. Yeah, um, you mentioned a little bit about Denny Hamlin. He was probably the next shot at winning, but uh, they put a little bit too much tape on his car, which caused his overheating, and they had to come in under green to pit, pull that tape off. You know, I was wanting... Where I was rooting for Truex and uh, or Denny Hamlin, and both of them ended up losing because of mistakes. And like you said, Kyle Busch, uh, mistake-free, and uh, he gets the victory and the win and his second championship. That is true. And he actually, uh, when he won his championship, uh, he actually won the race as well, and same as this past weekend. There's only two wins yeah. ever at Homestead Miami Speedway. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting with this new format, but. For all these years, that the the winner is also you know running for the championship and has won the championship. So um, it's just kind of interesting that one of the four ends up winning all these races at at Homestead. So and they were the four class for the whole year. So it was a very good and not like a, an underdog championship for they were deserving to be in the championship for. Yeah, it was and it was interesting in that the number two was Martin Truex, who uh, even with the the mistake on pit road. I think if that race was maybe a little bit longer, he might have been able to catch him, but um, just too much. Oh, absolutely. And uh, short pitting at Homestead, if you go back to previous years, short pitting at Homestead never works. Or sorry, short pitting always works at Homestead Miami Speedway. And Kevin Harvick played the role on that, and he stayed out way too long, and it didn't uh, help his chances at all. Yeah, you know, if caution comes out, he's got a shot at winning that. But um, to your point, he, he he stayed out and gambled and tried to do something opposite of the others were doing and uh, just didn't pay off on. But that's what you got to do in uh, circumstances like this, that uh, you got to be different from everyone else. Yeah, and, and with uh, that win, like I said, uh, Kyle Busch's second championship and, you know, his rookie year was in 2004, and he's in a, a plethora of, Sets being the press pass Stell, the regular base press pass Optima, trackside, high gear. So there's plenty of options for Kyle Busch rookies back in 2004. And they're not very expensive. I think he's got a too many years ahead of him racing. 
Uh, he's ninth on the list right now of all-time wins, and I think uh, they were mentioning he's only 34 years old. I might have to look at kind of pick up some more of these Kyle Busch rookies, I think, for the long haul. Uh, he's definitely a racer. He he wins in whatever he gets in, a truck, Xfinity, whatever, cup. Oh, he'll drive anything and win it, man. That's what Kyle Busch is good at. And he actually is very good at finding good young talent to put in the truck series. Yes, he has an amazing truck team program. He's already mentioned some of the drivers that they're going to run in 2020. Uh, I've always said that if Haley Deegan can hook up with Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series, that uh, she will do very well, or she has a good shot of winning some races. And she and, is a Toyota affiliate driver as well. Right, that, and I think they have Munster as well. Yeah. Yeah, I am surprised that uh, Haley Deegan has not mentioned what she's doing for next year. Um, she's I, actually I, what, very good on the marketing end of it, and she keeps quiet with her public announcements for what she's driving, which actually is smart for a driver because I, I do the same thing, but I'm not in anything upper upper. I'm in just entry level classes, but I usually announce what I'm driving uh, probably two months before the season starts. Okay, but she did release uh, a statement, or she had was doing an interview and kind of reading through what she was saying is that she was looking for a long-term sponsor. I, and immediately I thought of, like, uh, was it JBL with uh, Christopher Bell for multiple years? I can't remember some of the other ones. But, you know, where kind of what I was, my takeaway was they want somebody that, that will be able to supply the money for multiple years. Oh, and, absolutely. And they want, they a want long -term like a deal. Torres with Eris to come on board for uh, multiple years. So I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, she can get into the, the truck. Um, I know she isn't running that Kane in West and in the East series, but I think she was talking about still staying in the trying to do more of the East maybe next year, maybe a dabbling truck. They but. actually got merged with the Arca series, so it's an Arca East, Arca West. It's actually a really cool deal uh, if you ever looked into it. Okay, yeah, and saw that uh, NASCAR had purchased that. Are those cars very similar? The rules are very similar, so some of the K&N guys can turn them into Arc like legal ARCA East cars with very minimal changes, which NASCAR was trying to aim for. But I, my view of it, NASCAR was trying to aim to get more tracks because the ARCA series is a very diverse schedule, which if any racer, at least for asphalt and, uh, or sorry, pavement and dirt, wants to compete in a series, that's the series to do it. You have some road courses, you have dirt tracks, you have oval tracks. You have super speedways. That's the most diverse schedule of a series I've ever seen. Well, that's good. That'll give them uh, lots of experience. That it does. And it actually caps it a little bit with some of the younger guys if they're not eligible to, um, if they're not certified by ARCA sanctioning to be eligible for race. Just like how NASCAR sure. is, if you're over, if you're under the age of 18, can't race anything on, over a mile. It's one of those kind of rules. Right. And I'm hoping uh, maybe um, I'll be able to catch some some of those lower level races uh, I've been trying to find it because I'm in North Carolina trying to and she was running Canaan West I think East mm -hmm. but trying to get to a track where she's at to try to get a autograph you know in person so oh, maybe uh, that'd, be, that'd be a blast I've never met her in person she looks like a very personalable and friendly person to meet now I have met her and got her autograph but this was. Uh, at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, they had the next, next tail next. The NASCAR <laughs> next series. Yes, and I have, a, so they had a handout with all the drivers. I think there was 10 of them, 
maybe uh, something like that. And so I had gotten an autograph on that, but the Dunross cards hadn't come out yet mm-hmm. when she was in that, I guess it was last year. Uh, so I missed it, you know, getting her to sign on a card. So, um, uh, yeah, I know that I've been tra- certified. They chopped that list a little bit with the NASCAR next autographs that they actually only got signatures from, I think six of them out of the 12. Okay. Um, I don't remember who they were missing, but I know Haley's one that they had, Harrison Burton, Ty, Todd Gillen, uh, Caden Lapichis, Ty Majeski, and there was a couple others. I've been trying to find a track that's close to me to go to where she's going to be at, so it sounds like I'll have some more opportunities in the future. For oh, yes, with that schedule, there's definitely more by you, and within drivable reasoning as well. Not like you're going to drive too far. Yeah, and looking forward to uh, 2020, they've changed, NASCAR has changed the schedule around where Homestead will not be the last race of the season. Homestead will uh, be in March, you. which actually throws a curveball for a lot of these teams because the weather's going to be very different. That actually is going to play into the short run uh, speed because hotter temperatures like that tend to not have long runs unless you're out in the Midwest, as the NASCAR series seems to be, as you get your Texases and those other mile-and-a-half cookie cutters that have long runs. But this Homestead race in March should be a doozy. And uh, the favorite going into that event is going to be Kyle Larson because there is a lot and nothing – there's a lot to gain and nothing to lose because it's so early in the season. And with his over-the-edge driving experience with the wall, he'll be right next to it. (laughs) Yeah, he did some of that this uh, last week. He's he's very good at it. Um, I've had the pleasure of watching him at the Chili Bowl. So I went to my first ever Chili Bowl last year. I'm uh, not going to make it this year. The dates don't. Uh, I have something going on that week. But yeah, that's one of the ones I'd like to go to. Uh, the Chili Bowl and then the Snowball. Uh, those are two that are my bucket list, as well as the Old Door. But uh, I don't think I'm going to get any of those anytime soon, though. Nah, uh, Old might happen for me next year. That's uh, I could drive there honestly, but um, I have a few other options as well. But it depends what my my schedule looks like if I can make a schedule like that to go watch a lot of races. Yeah, I think uh, Haley said that was one of hers that she would love to do if, if she could do anything to do the truck Eldora race. Um, that list for that race, there's a lot of local people, a lot of them local late model guys that want to run that race. It's just there's not enough trucks and there's not enough seats available with these teams to get all these guys in. You'd actually have to get rid of all the truck regulars to put everyone in that has been eyeing up that race. And it'd actually probably be a very good race. Yeah, that's like one of the ones... Open, um, you would do like an open that, comp type race like they do with the, the Northeast Tour Mods is you take the wheel and modified tour guys, the regular tour type cars, they merge them together and they have one big race. Very cool. Yeah, logistically for me, you know, that's in the middle of the week. I don't I want to say it's in the middle of nowhere, but there's no big airport or whatever. So it's definitely a small track and logistics i need to, i would need to take a couple of days off to get in and out but it'd definitely be a cool race oh absolutely and there's actually a lot to do around eldora speedway as well in the town and in part of that state as well you could well, probably make Steve. a weekend out of it if you fly out on a tuesday and the race is wednesday you'd come back on a friday you have all day thursday to explore right yeah and plus you know all those drivers giving autographs and stuff it'd be be a lot of it'd be really cool oh absolutely you can get a lot of your um you were telling me earlier that uh you collect the base sets and have them hand signed. All of them. You could probably get a a good amount knocked out that particular weekend. There's a lot of people that eye up just to watch, and there's a lot of people that like to drive in that one too. Yeah, it's uh, that's what I like to call a scouting type event. 
like with basketball or baseball or something like that, they all go sit there and try and scout people. That's one race that all these bigger teams look at is Eldora is all about car control. Yeah, there's something else on, if people aren't familiar, it is uh, the only dirt track on the NASCAR top three series. There's a lot of sliding on that one. That's pretty, it's really cool. And the heat races. That's a something to get on real quick is heat races. Would you like to see heat races throughout the whole season or just in that particular event? In the truck? In all three series. You know, I haven't really thought about it. I, I don't know if enough cars come would come out. I mean, when you have outdoor, there's so many trucks that are trying to get into that last race. I think with the cars, you know, maybe a few extra show up trying to get in, but a lot of them are already locked in. I don't know. Uh, you would need more cars, right? For those heat races, honestly. not necessarily. If they all under the owner points type deal, it would just be for starting positions. It's just another way of qualifying, <clears throat> instead of single car qualifying or just group qualifying, as they call it. You you go out there and hold it wide open and hope and pray that aerodynamics are good. This actually makes it a little more fun. Yeah, it would be, and I guess the teams would hate it because every those cars are so expensive, and if they bang them up, um, yeah, you're at a high bring... risk of wrecking. But that's, they're trying to get back to the. Uh, there was a, a statement made by uh, Steve Phelps, I think, about more short tracks or something like that. That's just an aspect of short tracks that could come back that a lot of older fans would like that have steered, like, uh, steered away from the sport for a little while, maybe followed the IndyCar circuit or Formula One for a little bit. That might draw some new people to NASCAR, some older people back. Well, I know NASCAR is definitely shaking things up with, and I've talked about it before, where NASCAR and their public company arm, as well as Bruton Smith and their public arm owning tracks and bringing everything private so that they're going to reshuffle uh, the tracks, not have to deal with the shareholders, moving dates around, having to renegotiate the TV contract here in a couple of years, you know, trying to bring like Nashville online. I've heard stuff about, you know, either Rockingham or there was another one, uh, Wilkesboro maybe. So, they're definitely trying to shake it up. You know, what Charlotte did with the Roval, moving the dates around. Um, I think Daytona is not going to be the July 4th race again or this year. And then we have Homestead not being the last one. So uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things coming or definitely trying to shake it up. Oh, absolutely. And there's always change in NASCAR. NASCAR is very good at changing everything. A lot of people hate it. I'm actually for it. Any change is a good change unless it productively doesn't work. But you have to try it to see if it don't work. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're trying to get a better better product, product out, get, better marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, get the fans engaged. And actually, I've seen a statistic, or they were talking about that NASCAR did 3.3 million viewers this year. I think that was just TV. I don't think it mentioned consumption through uh, the Internet or whatever. But they said it was flat from last year. They were trending very well, but the last two races tailed off, which I was surprised because... Uh, is it ISM in Phoenix? Uh, that was a sellout, and I, that looked like you know exciting race as well. So I was surprised about those last two anyway. Yeah, Phoenix was – I went to Phoenix two or three years ago, and it was a very good race. Chase Elliott almost won it. Um, that, it was actually one of Matt Kenseth's last wins, unless it was his last one. I don't remember. Yes, uh-huh. This year's Phoenix, just the aero package didn't really suit that particular track very well. There's This aero package they came out with helps a lot of tracks and actually hurt a few. It hurt Texas Motor Speedway, and it hurt Phoenix, at least the two that are on my list. And it actually hurt Richmond. I was a season ticket holder for Richmond for a while, and I recently uh, did not renew because the racing there 
is not the same. Gotcha. And then, you know, looking towards next year and the changes, whatever, we have, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Tyler, Reddick, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Cole Custer coming up from Xfinity to the Cup race. Uh, Tyler yes, Reddick their cards are going to be very valuable now. And along with Ross Chastain, because he's uh, a well-known favorite for his watermelon duties, but he is a hell of a wheelman as well. So the four people that I would be eyeing up for 2020 products would be Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Ross Chastain, and also your uh, Truck Series champion, Matt Crafton, because he's actually been slimmer in his card releases lately, just mainly autographs and some of their lower-tier products that Panini's been bringing out. Oh, I haven't even been paying attention about Matt Crafton's autos. Yeah, I believe so Matt Crafton's uh, last auto was maybe in 2016 four, or 2016 okay. certified around then. Yeah, I did not look. That's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I might have to uh, write that down. And um, But I know with all the, the champions, when they bring out Donruss with their uh, checklist, they usually try and have at least the champions in there and all the rookie of the years. But Donruss is such a bland product to me. I'm not a fan of it. There's too many cards, and it. it depreciates all its value within the first three months, and it's just a, a wasted product. Like, 2019 Victory Lane is the same exact way. It, it was a depreciated product in the course of three months. And you yeah, can't I like, give it away. Yeah, I like the Dunruss. Uh, I like, you know, as a set builder and having uh, a lot of the drivers. There's some things I would change about it. I don't like the fact that the photos are older, but I understand, you know, they have Media Week early February, and that's uh, when Panini and the rest of them get the photos with the new uniforms. So that doesn't make it until um, like the Victory Lane. The they usually have. Yeah. But they also have, I know with Danica Patrick, they have like a photo issue, I think, where they have to use certain photos, which some are old and, of course, like that. But that's part of the game, honestly. It's just how it rolls. But the way... A lot of us collectors, at least the true NASCAR collectors view it as it's a card and it's a new product and it goes on the shelf and we enjoy it. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm thankful, though, we don't have, you know, like 30 products released a year like some of the other sports. <laughs> so I guess we, we have to be uh, happy with the few that we get. What other oh, drivers going to mention? Actually, uh, the, the amount of products they release is actually very good. I know when Press Pass had it, they, they went a little overboard and they tried to mimic all the other stick and ball sports. But honestly, Panini's done a great job with the licensing since they got it. There's still some stuff they need to work on just because we're not like the common stick and ball sport collectors. But they're doing a good job for what they're working with. Yeah, and one thing I did like about this year's Donruss was the optic, the one per pack. And yeah, those are very cool. They are actually really collectible. That's like with the 2019 Prism. Um, I'm actually making the master set for that. If uh, anyone listening has anything they'd like to get rid of, uh, you can contact me. Um, hope happily get it off your hands if I'm looking for it. Uh, the White Sparkle. That was actually a promotion they did with, I believe they're National Packs or one of them type packs they did for the stick and ball sports, and they brought it over to racing, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, that was if you bought... Um a box, you got a pack of sparkles? Yes, a two-card pack of sparkles for every box you bought. And, well, and actually, honestly. Yeah, and now that I'm saying that, I remember now, so Panini was giving out um, packs, twice the number of packs of whatever the 
they bought, and they were using it as incentives for them to buy other things. But some of the folks were doing, you buy a box and you got two packs of sparkles, or if you bought a case, you got twice as many of the sparkle packs. So, uh, yeah, I did not get any of the, of the prism, but the, the sparkles, I I like some of that first stuff of the line. I kind of, I guess, the envious that the other sports have it. I'm glad to see that they did something special for the Prism Racing release. Oh, absolutely, and they got to try it, and I believe a lot of collectors did like it. There was a lot of hype about it at first, and it kind of eased off, but that's what every new release, everyone's hyped up about it. And one other driver that's making a move in 2020 is Matt Diabetto. So you have Tyler Reddick displacing Daniel Hamrick and Christopher Bell displacing Matt Diabetto, and Matt Diabetto's heading over to... Wood Brothers Racing, and which is being vacated by Paul Menard. I think this is actually a good move for Matt. He's going to be in better equipment, and he, um, I think he's one of the ones, you know, I'd be looking at some of his cards as well. Oh, absolutely. And also Matt would be looking for his first Cup Series win. He actually has a better shot with the Wood Brothers to get that. When he was in the 95s, his tracks were the short tracks in the Super Speedways. But now that he's a Penske-affiliated car with the Wood Brothers, He's going to have a lot more consistent top 15, top 10 finishes in 2020. Yeah, and Cole Custer is displacing Daniel, Daniel Suarez. Yeah, which, which I think, we all uh, thought that was coming. That was that was a predicament one. Now, uh, Daniel Suarez, I think he's going to end up in a third Richard Childress car, if you want my opinion. I think that's where he's going to go. Okay. Do you have a prediction? I do not, actually. Um, I think... He's going to stay in Cup. All the comments I saw was that you know he's a good driver. I think he needs probably a little bit more time. But um, he was I'm brought up a little sure. too quickly in the ladder. He he needed another year in Xfinity. Yeah, he had won the championship in Xfinity, but then after Carl Edwards abruptly retired, that kind of left a vacuum, and Daniel got called up. Exactly. So you know, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Cole Custer there. Rookies are in the 2016, you know, certified and in torque. And so, what was that? Yes, torque and certified. So, I, you know, if you're looking at somebody to collect, these uh, folks are in good rides and they're good drivers. They should do very well. So, I guess we will see how 2020 pans out. Absolutely. And all those drivers, too, do have very good penmanship, unlike stick and ball sports. All the NASCAR drivers do have very good penmanship. Yes, I've been uh, surprised. Now, I do have a couple, and, and I have to, you know, caution this. I'm always grateful for an autograph. It doesn't cost you anything, and uh, they're taking time out of their schedule, so I want to preface that. But, you know, sometimes when you look at Richard Petty um, and some of the other drivers, even Kyle Busch, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Jimmy's kind of shortened his up, but, you know, some of these guys, like, Brandon Jones pops out, and Cole Custer, I think, is a, a pretty short one as well. But, yeah, they but they will sign. Yeah, they will. And these are actually good candidates for uh, through the mail. I've had really good luck sending stuff through the mail for the rookies or when they're in Xfinity or in early in the Cup. The, only... the lower-tier series produces that very good. They have, Those guys that are in lower-tier series have a very busy schedule, but not as busy as a, a Monster Energy Cup guy and they actually do a little bit more for their fans. And I think when we get a little bit closer to the end of December, I'll probably remind everybody that it might be a good time to start getting some envelopes and 
postage and Re- start sending stuff up off. on your stamp. Yeah, so I'll be looking forward to uh, sending some of those out. So, and one other, uh, go to another segment here that I've been calling like throwback, uh, throwback then and now. Some ideas for Panini, or some things that I've seen in the past that I thought would be it'd be cool to bring back. Um, I had mentioned in previous. I don't know if you heard it, uh, TJ, but I thought Dunworth would be great for track cards. Um, back in the 1988 Max, they had pictures of the track, cards for the tracks, and then it'd be a great way to segment with their social media handles and information about the tracks, and you know, I thought that would be would something good. Yeah, and Donruss is a very – you have a wide span with Donruss you can play with. Now, I know Panini does a good job with making so many subsets, but they kind of use the same photos over and over. And making a track with a subset would actually be kind of cool. Also, another thing they could do is um, just pinpoint the teams. I remember when I started collecting in 2008, the Press Pass Speedway, they had a team card. In the regular, I believe, 2008 press pass, they had a picture of the hauler with all the crew guys and the driver standing next to it. Kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that would uh, definitely be cool. I, I mentioned on another episode, too, about um, more cards for the over-the-wall guys. Uh, made me think of the 95 Optima where uh, Chad Knauss is actually in that, uh, Ray Everham and some of the other guys that were over-the-wall for... Rainbow Warriors. Oh, exactly, yeah. I'm all for that as well. And a lot of these over-the-wall guys are previous football players and stuff, so they might be in the card community already. But Yeah, and so one of the new things I was thinking of is uh, contest cards. Upper Deck did this, the predictor cards. Uh, Tops does this currently with their Tops Now product. Um, they have it bundled up where you buy a pack of cards, and there's different scenarios. Uh, rookie of the Year and World Series champ. And uh, Upper Deck did something like this back in the 90s where you had your camp, cup champion. But maybe this would need to be, you know, the, an insert, and it would be probably, I don't know, Victory Lane or um, I don't know if it would be good for Prism, but maybe if they brought had a certified product. Yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea. I remember Press Pass had the cup chase where you had to enter a, a redemption card, and if your guy won a championship, they sent you an exclusive relic, and if he didn't, you got a, a set, an exclusive, like, 12-card set. I know Panini yeah, that, is kind of earing towards that route. They have a contest card now to win a VIP trip to, like, Daytona 500, but I'm sure Panini, with all their, like, Father Day and National and all that stuff, they can incorporate something along those lines as a commemorative, like, not really a commemorative set, but just an exclusive uh, yeah, I think as a as a driver collector, um, even if it was instead of winning the championship, maybe they won a race um, or a particular race or, the, you know, something like that. It gives them the driver collector something to chase and then maybe some more parallels if they won. Uh, they have Panini Instant that they've kind of shelved for now. Uh, I really enjoyed the 2016 and 2017 Panini Instant. Um, they have something they kind of released with the instant access. These were two autograph cards that they did at the industry summit. So they have mm-hmm. access to print stuff on demand. So I thought that would be something cool. Uh, I don't know how it actually would be framed, but something for folks to chase 
you know, during the year, even if it was uh, they had cards in each one, if they had something in Dunruss, Victory Lane, and, you know, the, whatever series they released, and you had to have all four of them of that one driver kind of a thing. But it's just an extra value added. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And any kind of set like that always adds value because a diehard collector will pay up for anything. I'm the same way. I, I'm a PC of Reed Sorensen, so I'll pay up if needed for certain things to assure I have it. And one of the things I'm really surprised is that Panini hasn't gone the sticker route with sticker books and stickers of the drivers. I thought this, that would be a great segment for the kids. That it would, but the, they're competing against diecast cars. And uh, to be honest, your, your fan base for the diecasts are probably more over the stickers. Unless Panini and Lionel can come up with an agreement where you can get a blank car and, like, wrap it yourself with their stickers. Well, I was thinking of, like, with a sticker book, like they have for baseball and football. And that could work, too. I never opened up one of them. I don't know what it entails. But I know a lot of little kids, when I go to my local card shop, do enjoy those sticker books. Yeah, usually it's um, a pack of five or ten stickers. There's about maybe three to four hundred different stickers. Uh, this would be another option of doing the crew, crew chiefs, car chief, uh, owner, uh, you know, doing the whole team, not just the driver. It's a low uh, cost per item, I guess you would say. That's true. Um, or you can make up a sticker book with all the flags, and then when you collect all the flags, you mail it in and redeem it for something as well. Yes, and that actually jogged my memory. I had seen, um, I think it was Aldi, and I think it was in another country, and the subject was soccer, um, and it was this massive poster with I don't know how many hundreds of stickers on it. It was like a school project, and the idea was to get all the stickers and then they would be entered into a drawing for money, and, you know, they would be paid to the school. I thought that was actually a, a pretty cool idea to get like kids involved. That oh, that? I know what the, the simulated stuff, because I, I do iRacing, they have the Steam, and they go along to most multiple schools and teach you about the simulator and get you on a simulator and stuff like that, which is part of the E-Peak series or the uh, NASCAR E-Series, I think is what it's called, E-Gaming. Yeah, and this year they had their first champion. Yes, and I actually, uh, I've raced against that guy before that won that, uh, Zach Novak, a very good guy. Yeah, I was really happy to see that. You know, I know NASCAR, there's so many fronts to it that, you know, they're trying to take advantage of the iRacing where, you know, you have somebody like, you know, William Byron who's come up through the iRacing and is now actually racing in the Cup Series. Absolutely, it can be done. I've... Well, it was a year after iRacing came out is when I got on board with it, and I've been on it ever since. I did take a little bit of a break because uh, work got a little too hectic for me, and I had to focus on that. But iRacing did get you out there a little bit. I had a few different people reach out to me about opportunities. Oh, very cool. Well, um, That would be another series that everyone in the Peak Antifreeze series has have a card for. You know, I thought about that, that this might, you know, with the – college um, ruling about the about players being compensated for their likeness, um, which would lend to card series you know, for the college players. But I was thinking that, you know, card cards for these iRacing folks that might be a, 
untapped oh, market. I know that EPAC, Upper Deck EPAC, has a series for the online gamers, not necessarily for iRacing, but it would be cool to see some of the iRacing players, drivers. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm one of them guys that like autographs to new people as well, so yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I, I know I have an autograph of myself. I made my own cards, which I believe uh, we could do a little contest, and I can give away a few at the end of the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then touching on uh, the announcement today that Jimmy Johnson is going to retire after the 2020 season. You know, Kevin Harvick is 43 years old, and Jimmy Johnson is 43 years old, and some of these guys are getting up there. And to have Southern Time announce that uh, he'd be stepping aside or stop full-time after 2020, I know that I think he had time still on his Ally Racing uh, sponsorship. So That sponsorship is going to carry over to whoever gets in that ride next. That's like a lot of these teams do it that way where they get a contract and they extend it, and the driver resigns or retires. They usually come on board. Look at Alex Bowman with Nationwide and Dale Jr. Dale Jr. had Nationwide, or Hendrick Motorsports had Nationwide for, I think, an extra three years, and Alex Bowman jumped right in. It just helps the team out. Yeah, it gives them a little bit of cushion. But cushion to find a driver if they're not in their salary range. He kind of knew it was coming with Jack Nass moving over to William Byron. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, do you have any predictions or speculations of who's going to get in that car in 2021? Some of the folks that I saw on Twitter right after that was Kyle Larson, actually. I'm actually a vote of Kyle Larson as well, but Chip Ganassi has uh, helped Kyle Larson so much. And I know Kyle Larson's very diverse. He would race anything. I'm not sure if he would run IndyCar, but uh, he would have a good source if he stayed with Chip Ganassi if he wants to go that route and try and do the double. Yeah, that would be interesting to see him do that. But um, with Jimmy Johnson with one year left, if he can get one win or two wins, he he's tied right now with Cal Yoro uh, at 83. But uh, Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip are sitting at 84 wins. So if he can get one more win, you get a, a four-way tie. Four-way tie, which can be done. Yeah. It, it can be done. So. So, you know, I don't know. He showed the picture of some speed this year, so I don't know. If he can get two wins next year, that's a big if. But he would have sole possession of fourth place behind Jeff Gordon at 93. Uh, he'd be at 85 if he can get two. Uh, so that's a big, tall cast. But he's right now in the in the top six in wins, tied seven championships. Uh, he's going to – he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if there was one. So – and that would actually be a good time. I think in the offseason would be a good time to add a autograph or two to his to your collection. Um, Absolutely, because he'll be considered a Hall of Famer here when he retires. Yeah, and then Daytona seems to bring um, people out. Um, there'll be a lot of fuss about him next year, and um, which will drive demand. You know, one other thing that I would love to see is Panini do some kind of tribute, maybe to. Jimmy Johnson, back in 1992 when Richard Petty retired, uh, Food Lion sponsored a series of cards, and each track had a, a different set of cards. They mass-produced them back in the early 90s. But it would be cool if, you know, Panini could do something, like so they have the Panini Instant or something else, either in search through the different series over the course of the year, maybe like what they did with 
or was that I like something along those Davey lines? Allison? Or they, or they can actually take a card of the actual driver and put like a code on the back of it, and then you gotta uh, basically make a puzzle a little bit. And when you have the puzzle made, you submit it, and they send you a commemorative card. I remember with uh, someone did like a lap leader thing where you got a one lap, and then if you want a blaster box, you got a five lap. Then when you redeemed it, you got a commemorative set. That was back when Dale Jr. was with the, the press pass stealth with the Wrangler car and the number three X, uh, nationwide at the time. Okay. I, actually, I was thinking of the 95 Optima. There was a puzzle ah, piece a of Jess Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I didn't actually collect NASCAR at that time, but um, scouring through the price guides and, and looking at um, product and information that they one of the puzzle pieces was short printed but i believe you had to complete the puzzle and mail it in you got an eight by ten autographed of that image wow. of jeff gordon that's pretty cool uh, I saw, yeah i saw that pop up actually on ebay uh, i guess it was a couple of years ago i haven't i'm not necessarily actively looking hmm. for those on ebay but there's a lot of different things but uh he's one of the best all time and uh this would be i guess a fitting uh something Benini could do to help merge the card market and the NASCAR community. Very interesting. That's uh, that's something to keep in mind, and definitely we'll write to Panini or let Panini listen to this, and we give them some good ideas. Yeah, and, and then, um, you know, looking at some of the ages of, of the, the four, uh, Championship Four with Kevin, like I said, Kevin Harvick is 43, uh, Martin Truex is 39, Denny Hamlin 38, and then Kyle Busch at 34. And I didn't realize Kyle Busch was that young. At 34, you know, if he, yeah, if he runs well, younger to get... the better. Honestly, they 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 last a little longer, and they have room to diverse. Like Kyle Busch was a diverse. He went from team to team to team until he came stationary with Joe Gibbs. Yeah, but if he can run another, you know, nine years to get him to 43, there's no telling what his final numbers, his stat numbers, numbers will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Time, time will that, tell on that one. Yeah, I mean, he's already a two-time champion. There's no telling. Um, there's a massive influx of talent, uh, so he's going against a lot of good folks, but uh, he might be able to get another championship or two. Oh, absolutely. Well, look at Eric Jones. Eric Jones beat him in a snowball derby, and Kyle Busch put him in a truck. So, <laughs> Yeah, but you have folks like Kyle Larson coming up, um, Chase Elliott. You know, they're, they're looking for their first championship, too. And they'll get them. Just time will tell. They got the wins. They finally got that off their shoulders and just got to be consistent. Like with the truck series, Matt Crafton was consistent. Xfinity, Justin Allgaier, they made it to the championship four. However, the Cup series, all those guys were winners and they were the dominant cars all year. So, yeah, so if you want the twenty two consistency in the Cup series, the person that if uh, none of those other people were eligible for the top four, uh, my pick would be Eric Jones or Brad Keselowski. Those are two very good drivers. Yeah, Ryan Blaney sitting out there, and Joey Logano as well. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of good talent. 2020 is going to be exciting. A lot of, a lot of changes. It's uh, I'm looking forward to it already. See what uh, Haley Deegan decides. So it's, oh, we got uh, a lot. we got to wait for silly season in the winter to come out. We'll get a little more better answer. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I, I see that Prime is released now. That's not usually one of uh, something I collect. But I uh, saw so that's being released. And also now is actually a good time, or should I say next week, on 
the Black Friday. You can get a lot, lot of good deals. Very cheap. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the big three that I usually look at are Steel City, DNA, and Blowout Cards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely be. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy any cases this Black Friday, but I'm going to definitely buy some boxes and blasters. So I've, I've picked up some really good deals um, over the years. 2010 Element Hobby Case with the Chase Elliott. Um, undiscovered card. Yeah, undiscovered element cards, yes. And then uh, 2016 Certified, I've picked up cases of those before. Absolutely. If you can find some 2016 Prism, you'd be in good shape, but they're a dime a dozen. Just like 2017 Select, they're they're slowly whittling down. Yeah, I haven't really seen one of them. One of the big three have boxes for $100 for the 2016 Prism. Yeah, they're uh, they're up there. I know with my PC, I believe I'm missing two 101s for Select for Sorensen, and my whole master set for Sorensen or my Rainbows will be completed. Wow. Yeah, some of those are still out there, haven't been opened. It's, uh, st- and, you know, they're good prices compared to some of the other sports, I think. I think oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, all, all, all the stick and ball sports, they have too many products that are very priced. Uh, outrageously high or outrageously low. Just although with the stick and ball sports, they try to help every collector out. They make very cheap products and they make very expensive products. Yeah, you get the the cheap stuff or the twenty five thousand dollars a box stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Well, 20, the twenty five thousand is leaned towards more the group breakers because it tries to help them out a little bit with their uh, shipping and receiving to make their money back. Yeah, but I'm looking at. Steel City right now, and they have uh, 2018 Prism for $50 a box, hmm. and uh, 2018 Downers for 32, 2018 Certified for 50. So uh, I'm hoping the prices, the prices hopefully will be even better come Black Friday. So I know they rotate stuff. So uh, I've yeah, been we got to keep the eye out all weekend, Cyber Monday, everything like that. Definitely. So I've been trying to squirrel some money away. Uh, actually, I think it was Blowout had some really good deals where they had blasters for $5 a piece. I picked up some 2018, 2018 Victory Lane and 2018 Prism, I think it was blasters, for $5 a piece. Mm, that's a good deal. So be on the lookout next week on Black Friday for uh, sales on NASCAR. It's already cheap, and maybe you can find some sweet deals. So, Well, TJ, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for joining me today. Um, where can folks find you? Uh, TJ Graves Racing on Facebook and Instagram. Um, just PM us on there or make a comment. I will get back to you. I am a busy work guy, unfortunately. But uh, leave a comment or uh, contact Al if uh, you want to see me back on this podcast and if you want me to give some stuff away, uh, merchandise wise. Well, that's awesome. Well, everybody, thanks hey, for listening. Let's make up the trivia question, and we'll give away a T-shirt and a pair of my trading cards. Um, any suggestions? I'm, I'm open to whatever you want to do. All right. Um, let's see here. We'll do something related to my car. Um, how much uh, is a set of tires for my four-cylinder? That is the trivia question, and when you come back next week, um, if I'm not available, uh, Val will have the answer for you, and we will announce a winner. Sounds great. Well, everybody, have a great week, and we will talk to you 
next week.